Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And it feels so good to be back. Welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, sir. Man, how are you doing today? Um, I am feeling refreshed after one extreme night. I was live at Extreme Rules this past weekend, and the atmosphere was amazing. Um, Matt, I didn't see Paul Heyman in person, but uh, not totally upset about who I did see in person. So I think we should just get right into it. This is strictly Extreme Rules. I know there's a lot of other stuff we got to get to. I know, I know, I know. But... Let's just stick to what happened last night mm-hmm. as we're recording this. No, you were there, so I'm, I'm going to let you. Oh, gonna... oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, um, they didn't have a pre-show. Mm-hmm. I can say that. They didn't have a pre-show, so we'd get to just get right into the show. Uh, however, I do want to do a small shout-out to, a small quick shout-out to uh, Reckless Figs, who we did see at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, good to see him. They were actually sitting a few rows uh, behind us. Okay. And they had a big party with them. So shout out to them because we met up with them beforehand. First mm-hmm. match of the night, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. And man, did they set the tone. Yeah, I was going to say, they definitely uh, set the bar pretty high for starting off the show. I think it was the perfect decision to have them go first. I think what a good Philadelphia crowd needs after a bunch of fireworks and Paul Heyman doing the intro is just violence, just a bunch of men hitting each other over and over and no real wrestling moves. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, just ass kicking straight out just, the gate. Just ass kick. Good old fashioned, or what, a, a good old fashioned Donnie Brook, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, man, they 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 went off the wall with it. Seeing Butch, which is hard to still call him Butch, it's hard to see. Um, it's hard to 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 see him still do that gimmick. But I mean, it's closer to the bruiserweight now, so I guess I can't be too mad at it. Yeah. But seeing him fly off of those barrels uh, was 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 awesome. And they just they had things around the ring that I just didn't expect them to have. Like I know it's it, because it's a Donnie Brook, it's just gonna be like an Irish street fight. Yeah. But it was it was just cool to see. Now I I I did not go back and watch the Peacock because I was there. Mm-hmm. But where were they finding all these shillelaghs? If you were watching live, were they in the barrels or were they just around the ring? They were like in the they were like on top of the barrels around the ring. They had them scattered all throughout just okay. Cause every- they just kept pulling them out. Um and shout speaking of the shillelagh, shout out to the spot where he straight broke one over Seamus's back. Yeah. At some point in that Matt. I don't know if the camera caught it, if for anybody that was watching it at home, but the broken piece of the shillelagh flew so high up in the air. It was like unreal. He hit him so hard. Who was it that hit him with that? Was that um, was that Eichner that hit him? I feel like that was like that was Eichner. Yeah, because um, who used to be Giovanni Vinci? I think that's Eichner. Yeah, that was Eichner. I think I it was so. Eichner. I mean, he hit him so hard, but that's <laughs> I really thought it was over. Like he sold me because it flew so high up in the air. Like they have the fight pit above the ring it flew like over the atmosphere into like the second level of the of the of the fight pit before it came back down it flew oh, so high up in. um but man they they went out there and kicked each other's ass man it, it was it was amazing i acknowledged on the live stream that i was on i don't know if you feel this way too but is it just me or is the brawling brutes gimmick kind of does it kind of feel like it's rejuvenated shameless in a way Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it, it, and, and I want to give credit to Seamus for that, really, because Seamus was already, to me, last year at a level of 
super important mm-hmm. because he was having some of his best matches with Drew and he was proving that he was really a solid, not a solid hand, but like he could be world champion at any time still. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that may have went down over the year and then they tried to put this faction on him that wasn't really working at first. And then somehow over the past months and changing of the guard, they've put the brawling brutes at a level where they feel legit. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel upset at the gimmick anymore. I just, I embrace it. Like, and it's, they're clearly over. And I mean, maybe it's Philadelphia bias, but everyone in the arena was going crazy for them, for both of them, Imperium too. But I do feel like that puts Seamus back at a a, a really good place. Like I could see Seamus becoming champion with a good story. Yeah. They've, they've elevated all three of those guys to a good place, which is um, a lot to say about Rich Holland. Yeah, I was not very high on Ridge coming into this. Yeah, you you just took the words right out my mouth with that. I wasn't sold on Ridge at all. I mean, I'm still kind of on the fence about him, but in the faction, mm-hmm. he works. He's he's the right guy for it. He's there, and I have no. If he was the one tag titles with Butch, I would have no complaints. No complaints, and it's odd because I found myself getting swept up in the magic of it because they gave Ridge the spot where he picks up um Eichner and um Kaiser I think Kaiser is his name yeah. now mm-hmm. where he picked them up and I was I was swept I was caught in the magic of it I was over there chanting oh go ahead big rig mm-hmm. big rich let's go <laughs> and I was like I've never that's the first time in my life I think I've ever cheered for Rich Hall so <laughs> so they got me they got me they're clearly over but the, the work the six of them are doing is just incredible absolutely it's just incredible um, but the the brawling brutes won, mm-hmm. and I mean, great for them. I don't think it hurts Gunter at all. He's still icy uh, champ. So, and you didn't see this because you were there. I don't know if you did or not because you were there live. But mm. as soon as the match started, or while they were still doing the intros, we had another uh, white rabbit teaser. I feel like I saw something about. It. I feel like uh, Mrs. Jabber tried to tell me about it, but I, I totally missed it. Yeah. I'll Where did it come sprint. up at? Uh, it was during the um, it was during the brutes intro. It was just the screen went black, and it was just like the animated rabbit hopping around and landing on the X, uh-huh. and then and then it went away. They had like little trinkets throughout the night. Gotcha. When when we hit certain matches, I'll tell you how they popped up. Oh man, I wonder how that ended. Um, so <laughs> the brawling brutes win there. Um, incredible match. And it's it's funny because me and me and Reckless were talking earlier about what might be the bathroom break match because every match on the card is so looks so good. Mm-hmm. And we were saying it might be the brawling roots only because there's not a major like there's not major stakes. Yeah. We know exactly what it's gonna be. It's just gonna be six people going at it. Yeah. But man, they they might have had one of the best matches of the night. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm putting their match up there. They they had a solid match. So very nice to set the tone. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. The next match was Liv and Ronda. Am I wrong? No, Liv and Ronda was. Or was it Bel Air and Bailey? I think it was Liv and Ronda. If I'm not mistaken. It was living Ronda, right? I think so. Yes, because Bailey and Bianca came later. Yeah. So Liv versus Ronda. Uh, Duke, I feel like maybe you should go first. Um, this is your girl. You are currently wearing the Watch Me Live t-shirt. Yes, I mean, you know. This is... This is as, as always, this. you know, Liv is always going to be my girl at the end of the day. Um, match was great. They the match didn't go. T- it went longer than you know their last few matches, but the match didn't go too long. But for the amount of time that they had, I feel like it was pretty well done. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they got to do their little spots. They got to have some extreme moments throughout the match. And I can't, me personally, I'm not upset at the result. I I don't mind the fact that, as we know, if you don't know, I'm about to tell you, Ronda got the win. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, she didn't exactly tap. They The ref kind of just stopped it because she was she went to sleep, right? She's stone cold. She passed out. Yeah, okay. So I maybe they'll maybe they'll try to make something happen there with them two again. How I didn't I didn't lose. The match was stopped or something along those lines, but I have no complaints. She went out with a smile on her face. She woke back up with a smile on her face. And now she's getting cryptic on social media, just posting these blackout pictures. So who knows? Maybe we might be getting a a more sadistic side of live, maybe later down the line. Well, I saw that. I saw that Seth uh, also had a blackout picture. I don't know necessarily what that's about, but um, we shall see. We shall see. I mean, but as the results go, you know, Ronda regained the uh, SmackDown women's title. Again, not mad about it. I think at this point in time, it was the right move to do considering we have Survivor Series coming up. Uh, in about what a month or so mm-hmm. so I mean I'm not upset with the move I will say that um, I was right <laughs> and <laughs> they couldn't figure out a way to do it that didn't look like she would still be beatable or have an asterisk next to her title reign so they had to give the title up but right. I will say that Timing is a wonderful thing because if there was any time to do it, it would be now. You're heading into Survivor Series. If they, uh, excuse me, if they give the girls one match at Crown Jewel, it would probably be with Ronda. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to a theory that I have about what happened after the match. Now, I don't know if the people watching at home saw this, but there was kind of a reminder video for Charlotte Flair. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, what an opportune time for Charlotte to come back. One, because Ronda's champ, depending on where she could go, but one, because Ronda's champ, and because one of their biggest pay-per-views, uh, two of their biggest pay-per-views, one for a valid reason and one for money. But needless, you know, there's two big pay-per-views coming up that they could probably really use Charlotte for. Yeah. Uh, do you think Liv might be gone for a little bit? And they'll do Charlotte versus Ronda for a few months and then have Liv come back. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I mean, and you know how I have a love-hate relationship with Charlotte Flair. Um, I yeah. think it's pretty well documented. Sometimes I'm on the I'm on the Charlotte bandwagon, sometimes I'm tired of her. But I think now is a time where we need to, like, we don't need Charlotte back, but we need Charlotte back. Like, she's been gone for a little bit, you know. Everybody else has been getting their turn in the sun with Liv and Bianca and now Ronda. Bailey's getting her little dabble in. So I think it's the perfect time to bring Charlotte back. You need to bring back your ace. You need to bring, she needs to come back. Obviously, she's going to be welcome back because she's been gone for a few months now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, bring her right in. Have her go with Ronda. We haven't seen that program in a while, so I think it's the perfect thing. I'm with it. I, I, I'm. You may have a love hate relationship, but I have a love love relationship with Charlotte, uh, especially when she's in full Charlotte mode and she has confidence about her. And she is a Triple H kid, so she'll be well taken care of, booked better, and storylines that don't make her seem so John Cena y. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much for it, man. I think she's going to come back and do some great things, especially since she'll probably have a little more pieces to play with. 
Um, I'm always happy to see the queen return. And if you watch the promo, you do start to sort of understand, you know, it is, it is a big reminder of who she is and why she is who she is. I was going to say, I liken Charlotte to, I compare Charlotte to Tom Brady mm. in the sense of, look, we already acknowledge she's great. We acknowledge she's probably the best, arguably the best of all time. Yeah. But at a certain point, you just get tired of seeing the same person win over and over again. Whoa. That's what, that, that that's the love-hate relationship there. It's nothing against her in ring or her as a person. It's just... I understand. It's, it's, not, it's not anything about her. Got you, got but you, I, got But you. I think it's time for her to come back. I do agree she needs to come back and get another win in there again. Um, yeah, she's got to go 16. I still stand by my theory that she's probably going to break Flair's number before anybody else. Yeah, I mean, go she's ahead. Just, Why not? She's she's winning on a, an incredibly fast rate for how young she is. Um, but moving on, the next match was the strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this one because I was there live. I think that's the reason why. Now, I, I know you're watching this on the stream. How did you feel about the match? And then I'll tell you how I feel because I don't think they're exactly the same because I was there in person. For me, it was watching it on the stream. It, it, was, it was the worst match of the night. But okay, that's I'm not glad saying, you said it. I'm glad you said it. But yeah. I think I'll, I'll agree with your reasoning. And that's not saying it's a bad match, if that makes sense. It was, it was an average match for me. I feel like, one, you're very limited with a strap match. Two, the match was relatively short. Mm -hmm. I think the match was only like maybe eight, nine minutes. Which I also feel might have been the better case. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just, maybe it was just because every other match on the card had so many, so many better aspects to it. This one was just like, oh, hey, we have a Donnie Brook match. Then we have the Extreme Rules match. Now we just have a strap match. It was. It was essentially. It was a cool down. Yeah, yeah. It it was the it was the resting place for the second half of the show, in my opinion. I I, I kind of wonder if that should have been the starter, but then I guess the repercussion would be from there. It only goes up and up and up and up and up, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I almost feel bad for carrying that first pay-per-view back. You're the, you know, you're the, you're the cool down match. You're essentially, you ended up becoming the bathroom break, which I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't predict at all, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Cause even in the way he won, I don't think is the strongest, you know, like, yeah. The pepper spread, like, I get it. You want to protect Drew, but at the same time, if Carrion is coming in is essentially a main eventer, because that's that's kind of how he debuted as, like, one of the biggest pieces in the whole Roman and whoever storyline. Yeah. I would think that his win shouldn't seem so cheap. Like, I'm okay if he cheated, but, I mean, to what degree do we, you know, lower his ability to stand with Drew in the ring? I don't think it was for that. I think it's more in the, in the sense of you still got to make Drew look powerful because mm -hmm. Drew right now, I, and I talked about this on the stream yesterday, Drew is in a place right now where he's the bridge between the main event and the mid card. Mm. Drew, Drew is in the Kurt Angle spot of the mid 2000s. He's, he's the, the line. He's the guy where I'm going to be the bridge between mid card and the main event scene. And you would think right now that would be Bobby, but Bobby's just running the mid division. He's got the mid card on lock. Mm. Drew's the guy who's going to be all right. This is where you decide whether you're jumping to the main event or you're jumping to the mid card. So I think, in a sense, Drew still had to look strong, but Cross still needed the win, mm -hmm. and I think that's why they did the. That's why they did this the way they did it. 
I could see that. I could see that. I just hope it doesn't hurt Carrion. Truthfully, I'm worried. I, I'm worried that to the average washer, mm-hmm. you see that match and then you think, okay, well, Carrion can't really cut it. I mean, truthfully, I hope it doesn't hurt either one of them because mm. I don't mind Drew dabbling in the main event scene every now and then either because, you know, things happen. People get hurt. Sometimes you need somebody to step up. Mm. And, and Drew's that guy who can step up for you and hold it down until your main stars come back mm. or until you build another star. So truthfully, I hope it doesn't hurt either one of them. Yeah, I hope he's an Drew, anchor for sure. I hope Drew still stays as dominant and Drew, Drew still stays as strong as he has been. And I hope Cross can only go upwards from here in whatever capacity, whether he goes for a mid-card title or challenges for a world title later. All right. Well, I wish them both the best. I do hope that we figure out something. One thing I noticed about this was that none of the really big singles championships were defended. The women kind of held the show down as champions. Yes. And maybe I should make this point. Maybe I should make this point after the next match, but maybe it's a good lead into the next match. I felt like it it was a statement for from the company or from the bookers, Triple H, whoever, that they had faith in the women carrying the pay-per-views just to the champions, even though it ended in the fight pit match. I felt like it, it showed good faith that these are the only champions we need defending titles on the show. If need be, they can handle, you know, the task of being the big championship match on the card. Yeah. And, and that's actually, that's actually, I would say that that's a notch in the, fe- uh, a notch in the cap of WWE for doing that. Now, would I've liked to see Bobby. Yeah. Would I've liked to see Gunther defend the title. Yeah. Would I've liked to see the women's tag titles or those, the Raw SmackDown tag titles. Sure. But the women did such a good job in this pay-per-view for me that I'm not really upset that we didn't get any of the main champions. Like Liv and Ronda, for starters, had the best match that they've had in their in their trilogy. I will say that. I will say that. In the trilogy, this is the best match. Yeah, and the build for it was great. They did a great job building towards it. Mm. Um, and then obviously we're gonna discuss the next the next match, but the next match that we talk about for that happening like what this is like the fourth or fifth time that they've had this match they did a great job too yeah yeah so well let's get into it the the match following drew and carrion was the ladder match between bianca belair and bailey and this is funny i'm i'm so i'm realizing things about myself as a as a wwe wrestling fan Mm -hmm. that i didn't quite expect i'm so much looser with who to root for as a WWE fan, at least today. Now, maybe that's a credit to the creative. Maybe that's a credit to caring about the wrestlers more than I care about the story. Mm -hmm. But I found myself before this, prior to this, wanting Bailey to win because Bailey just came back and Bailey's doing classic heel Bailey and is probably the best level of heel Bailey we've gotten that doesn't seem super overrated and played out. Yep. So I was rooting for Bailey and then it, I get maybe it's the atmosphere. Maybe it was the maybe it was the pop. Maybe it was just considering where the building was at the time. But once Bianca Belair's music hit, I popped big for Bianca. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's kind of like a realization of like, man, I, I can't like. There's some people you just can't hate on, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like I'm rooting for Bailey. I think Bailey said a lot of momentum. It would be great if Bailey won, but the initial pop I get from Bianca is undeniable. Yeah, um, okay. the whole the whole building was clearly going for Bianca, even if they did like Bailey, because there were back and forth chants. 
Yeah, and you could hear that from the stream. You could hear the back and forth chants. You could hear the moments where they went for Bailey. You could hear the moments where they went for Bianca. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Bianca did get a huge pop when uh, her intro hit. You mm-hmm. could hear that through. You could hear that through, too. So it just, the atmosphere was was all about Bianca Belair. So I think they made the perfect choice in having Bianca win. Um, I thought they had a great match. I, I'm I'm sad because I'm starting to realize one of the worst things about being an avid wrestling fan is we're desensitized. So I'm, it's hard to enjoy ladder matches all the time mm-hmm. because if you've seen enough of them, it takes more to like get you to pop because you've, you've yeah. kind of seen it all. Mm-hmm. You know, you think they, how can you think like how can they up the ante from this one, or how can they do something different from that we haven't seen before? Exactly. I I think they they did a lot of work to try to come up with something new, mm-hmm. which is the best the best ladder matches to me are the ones where everybody involved just goes, how do we not do what everybody else did? Yeah. That being said. I think the elbow Bailey took from the top rope onto the ladder set up on the chairs between the chairs and the um, steel steps and the barricade. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, big credit to her for that spot. That was the spot of the match for me. I did like the KOD that they MacGyvered. Yeah. I almost didn't think they were going to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I was watching it like, I don't know. You, you really got enough space for that. It looked it. Hit it. It looked bad. It, it it did look bad on first glance, but I had to watch it back again, and she took that pretty good. That was yeah. That was one of those to make sure she didn't break anything on the way down there. Yeah, because I watched it on first glance, and I was like, oh, thank God she didn't just pull a Joey Mercury. Yeah, very appreciative of the of the slow mo playback to make sure she didn't break anything. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even use the slow mo. I just hit rewind so oh. I can actually <laughs> see it again in real time and just zoomed in. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, also, also one of the biggest fears of, of the, of the avid wrestling fan yeah. is knowing what spots we can tell what spots didn't land the way they were supposed to. So now we're like genuinely concerned that they took the spot. Okay. <laughs> I do want to throw in a quick little, uh, a quick little note. Mm-hmm. I want to give Bailey a shout out because yeah. of her little tribute to, uh, Sarah Lee, the former Tough Enough winner who recently passed away. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it, but she had blue tape on her wristband. That said, said somebody tweeted that. that I said didn't know it. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a sad situation. She was so young. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, shout out to Bailey for that. That's a good tribute. That's nice. Um, so moving on from there, um, Bailey takes the L, um, but uh, damage control got involved. However, they ended up getting beat down. Now, if I'm correct, uh, there was no Alexa and Oscar, right? No. Right. She took them both. She took everybody out by herself. And and that sketchy um, KOD spot that she really kind of didn't pull off, but she pulled it off mm-hmm. to the best of her ability. Something just went wrong footwork wise as Dakota and EO were on the top rope. And yeah. you could just see it. And they were trying to they were trying to make it better. And it just didn't work out like mm-hmm. She either she leaned back at the wrong angle for a feed or something, but it just it just didn't work out. I was surprised you didn't see them. Now, was do you think the Oscar did they did they kayfabe like take them off of the show or something? How did why did they not come out? I know on Raw, I I think Oscar was attacked and Alexa just got angry at something. And then that was it. Right. They did kayfabe take out Asa's leg. Yeah. And the go home. And Alexa was just angry. Right. All right. So I was surprised. But I guess we'll see if that plays out into anything, too. I mean, I, congratulations to Bianca for pulling it out. Um, and I think 
it might not be over between Bailey and them. I definitely see a war games coming soon for that. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that they didn't come out. And I wonder if Alexa is going to be involved in something that may be happening later I, I, down the line. I, but you just, you just touched on the war games. I think for the women's war game match, they're the ones you need to give it to. Bianca or damage control? Both Bianca and damage control. Like for the women's war game match, mm-hmm. whatever they decide to have it. I think that's the, that's the feud you need. You need Bianca and the damage control. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I just have Bianca find people for the match. Definitely. Okay, so moving on from there, there's only two matches left in the night. I am very surprised. It's amazing because we bought these tickets um, very instantaneous, very impulsively. Yeah. Very irresponsible uh, listeners. Very irresponsible with our money. So we decided to go to this because we were just talking about um, all the matches on the card, all the stipulations and everything. And we just got so excited about the show. And then in the car, I realized none of the major titles were being defended except for the women's titles. Mm-hmm. And I almost laughed and I was like, it's the magic of Triple H to sell out a Philadelphia arena with, with no, no world chance. Imagine the bragging rights you have after a pay-per-view like this. To go mm-hmm. look at these numbers that I just put up with no world champion. Without without any of my big hitters, without None my Roman, without my bloodline, right. without my Becky Lynch. Like you gotta have some cojones to do that. Right. I just took basically all my kids and edge. <laughs> all my kids plus edge and put on a, a match card of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, moving in from the help from Edge, uh, transitioning, the I Quit match between Edge and Finn Balor. Oh my God, dude! A thing of beauty. Oh my God, dude! A thing of beauty. I love it. I loved every part about. It. And and somebody pointed this out earlier. Edge said in his promo that um, he he said something about his family, mm-hmm. and. And the podcast I was listening to, probably going in raw, um, was Steven Larson. But I think one of them said, man, he almost kind of gave it away. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's his only weakness is Achilles heel is his family. Yeah. Oh, no. So imagine me have holding that in the back of my head, right? And them having this amazing I quit match, which... At one point, I'll have to look back at the footage. I'm sure you can't see me. But <laughs> at one point, they come over. They do the spot where they come over to the pre-show desk. Mm-hmm. We are sitting third row right in front of the pre-show desk. Yeah. So we're, we, you know, we're like that close to them. Um, if I was to jump over a guardrail, I could definitely splash right on a frog splash right on top of one of these guys i was like that close so (laughs) so so i don't know if the cameras caught that but they were having an an incredible match um edges dragging finn all over the place Mm -hmm. um which was amazing he's a lot less skinny than you would believe that he is seeing him live Oh, I believe yeah, it. I, was, I always think Edge was like super skinny since he's came back, but he, <laughs> believe me, it's not, not the case. Not the case. Um, so he's having this amazing match. And this is all pre-judgment day involvement. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get there, um, and all hope is basically lost, Ray comes down, they beat the hell out of Ray. Dom beats the hell out of Ray. Let's take a moment to acknowledge that spot. Yeah, Dom started kicking his dad's ass, man. Mm-hmm. What was that about? I mean, I mean, he snapped, man. He said, "You might be my daddy, but Rhea is Poppy." Let man. me tell you. I felt so. I was angry. I was angry. Mm-hmm. Me, the guy that gets it, I was angry. How dare you put your hands on your father like that? I was so upset. He swung him around that, that uh, turnbuckle post hard as a yeah. <laughs> say. He whipped his ass, man. 
Um, let's take a moment to acknowledge that. But basically, they just came in and just broke this man down. Mm-hmm. And leave it to Beth to come save his ass. And again, the atmosphere of the place got me because Beth comes in, saves him, gets the keys, unhooks the thing, you know, goes up against um, Rhea, kicks her ass. And then at that very moment, I was like, oh, no. They got what they needed. Yeah. Beth is here. Oh, no. (laughs) And I think they're going to... Obviously, now we know what's going to happen. But since you didn't see this on TV and you might not have been able to hear it, Beth said in the ring, this is what you want, Rhea. This is your dream match. Let's make this happen. So I think eventually we're either going to get that tag match or we're going to get a one-on-one with Beth and Rhea. You know what I'm upset about? What's that? I am upset that... um, Extreme rules does not go by the same WWE does not go by the same rules that Impact does. Because the the real, the real war games match is Judgment Day versus Edge, Ray, Beth, and AJ. That is the war games match as it's being built for this feud, but they don't do any genders, so. Yeah, and that would that would be honestly, if there was two people you could do an intergender match with, it would be Beth and Rhea. Yeah, they fight dudes like this. It's, it's a thing. Rhea was fighting dudes on the Indies and making it look easy. Well, let's pray that Triple H comes through and convinces somebody back there that they're able to do this. Let's hope. Uh, well, I think he can, considering you know Steph and Nick Khan are at the helm. Or show somebody the numbers. Just look at the numbers, man. Just look at the numbers. Just show them Jordan Grace versus Matt Cardona. Yes, right? Like, we can do this. It's possible. And if there's any two chicks that can do it, man, it's the mm-hmm. it's them, dude. Yes. Um, But they put on this amazing thing. Beth comes in there, saves them. And at that moment, I realized, oh, no, Beth is in the ring. Yep. And she's the most competent person on her side of the field. This is going to end badly. Absolutely. Did when did, did that click for you at the exact same moment? Or was it not until she got knocked down that you realized, oh, no? No, it clicked for me before the match because I thought one of two things. Either they were going to get Beth at some point in time, yes. either before the match or during the match. Or they were going to have Edge's kids involved at some point. Mm. I thought it was going to be one of the two. It turned out to be Beth, which... The kids would have been very grimy. Which would have been the safer route. Yes, Beth, yes. Was, Beth was the better pick to go with. Unless you want to go the sleazeball route and use the kids. Mm. Which people have done before, but... You know. And that's traumatic, man. Look at Dom. <laughs> yeah, this is true. We don't, we don't need another Dom. Look at Dom. Um... Which rewind just a little bit before we talk about how they destroyed her to get Edge to quit. Dom getting his payback, <laughs> uh, uh, or not Dom getting his payback, Edge, Edge. getting his payback on Dom, mm-hmm. uh, and the "you fucked up" chant. That was great. Yeah, I, I love that. That was a perfect spot in there to kind of. Um, it felt like an ending, but it, it, I'm sure it, it isn't now that, you know, we know the result of the match. But at the time, it felt like, oh, now everything is coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so great payback spot. He took the kick in the nuts well. He sold the the spin from the <laughs> from when he mushed his face. It was I thought that was a great spot, too. Fast forward, they're about to concerto Beth. They finally got Edge to quit. And there's just something, there's something about that classic wrestling pose when you're um, totally held back watching your loved ones suffer. Mm-hmm. It takes me back. Um, it's so nostalgic. And that sounds so horrible if you're not a true wrestling fan. But it, it's something so nostalgic about um, the person's significant other about to be laid out. <laughs> Yeah, it's nothing they could do. You think about um, the Triple H spot with Stephanie during the yep. Randy feud, and uh-huh. there's so many spots where it's just, it's just, it's a lovely thing because you know the payback coming from this is going to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. 
so they did they did a, a, a perfect spot it looked amazing um they were they went to concerto about they were going to concerto her and less edge quit he said i quit and they concerto her anyway yep um and left ray and edge to deal with the remains as they left as one big happy family i think the judgment day really does run raw now this is gonna this is gonna sound weird but watching it on tv and watching them go up the ramp the way they were moving with like the little shoulder shrugs and all that stuff going up the ramp I got Rascals vibes from that. Rascals vibes? Yes, oh. I definitely got Rascals vibes from that. Because Dom, Dom looked so much like Eddie. And, and <laughs> oh, yes, yes, like like Rascals, like the Radicals, the Radicals. Oh, radicals, yeah, there you go. Radicals. Like, yes. Dom looked so much like Eddie. Then you had Rhea there just looking like Perry Saturn. <laughs> Finn was looking like uh, Benoit. And then you just had, you, then you just had um, Priest looking like Dean Malenko. Mm. It just looked so awesome to see. It was like, damn, man, that that looks like the radicals right there. They're the new school, man. They're the new school. I dig it too. I I think this is, and Mr. Jobber said this too. He's like, man, I feel like they really, they really found it. Yeah. Like, um, it was very shaky at first, and it was very on the fence, but. And Dom, you know, he was having his growing pains of getting used to being in the group and away from his dad and cutting promos that felt genuine. But I think this was the show that did it for them. This this was the show that established Judgment Day. Yeah. Yeah. They really did it. This one. They meshed so well together. And they're like a. And I don't want to say this because I, I, I know Finn um as a as a huge leader of the bullet club first leader of the bullet club but it felt like a really it felt like old school legacy with no randy yeah like there was no one that was clearly the leader mm-hmm. but they were just so badass and like um, but dirtbags at the same time. Yeah, there, like there they were no... clearly all talented, but at the same time, they were just such dirtbags. Yeah, and I just it, it it was great. It was great. They're like a, uh, I mean, I guess they're they're like a four the like a four man brood, but no Gangrel. Yeah, it's like there's no full on head of the snake, but everyone plays a part mm. that fits very well to make them a cohesive unit. And it feels like all their heinous acts are as one. Yes. So like, yes, Rhea did the concerto, but it felt like all of them screwed them. You know, like it felt like as a unit, they just decided to mm-hmm. be trash human beings. Yes, I agree. And that's 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 what you gotta love about a faction when they just all collectively decide we're just gonna be the worst people on earth. They do their job <laughs> and they do it well. Absolutely, man. Well, that brings us back. Uh, and heinous acts is a perfect tie into the next match. Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, DC, the fight pit. I gotta say, because I don't know if you could see this on TV or not, but yeah. I could. I don't know if you can see this live, but I seen this on TV. DC looked like he had so much fun in that ring. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I can tell you from the first toss, he was he was he was really feeling good. Yeah, he was having <laughs> like you could just see the smiles on his face where he's like, trying to hide the smile. Mm-hmm. And normally in a ring, when you see some somebody who's a special guest ref, you're like, "Come on, man, do the, play your part." Yeah, but I couldn't even get mad at DC because I enjoyed seeing DC in the ring as well. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and him flexing the fact that he was DC. It, it's it's fun for the people that didn't know who DC was. Yeah, that was the best part about it mm-hmm. because my Mrs. Jobber doesn't pay a lot to UFC. Uh, doesn't pay a lot of attention to UFC. Yeah, there's a few guys she knows because we're big fans of them. But mm-hmm. DC was already kind of out of it when we were having our like fight nights. Yeah, he was just commentating. So seeing that first throw 
when Riddle wouldn't get off of him, he like accidentally elbowed DC and DC like threw him halfway across the ring. <laughs> and seeing Mrs. Jobber's reaction, I'm like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's DC. Yeah, that's, he don't play around, DC, man. He don't play around. You don't have to watch yourself. Um, so it was just, it was really cool. And I love the dynamic they did at the top of the fight pit with the 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 whole like, man, I got him, but I can't get him down perfect angle to have during the match i love that because they could just kind of get away with stuff i do wish rollins had committed a little more to that um throwing that like um the buckle bomb but at the top of the fight pit i wish he yeah, committed yeah. a little bit more because it looked like he could have really got him all the way into the corner and he kind of slowed right before just to make sure but i feel like he could have took that extra step and it would have looked cooler uh, on camera, but whatever it takes to have protection, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it was more of a nerves thing because you're on top of that structure, and on TV, it didn't look like there was much space up there. It, it didn't look like there was much space in person. Yeah, so I can understand the the the, the skeptics uh, the skepticism of trying to do certain moves up there, especially what they were doing, like with that bomb they, up because they top. were really trying it. Yeah, the, the pedigree, the RKO, like those. They that RKO kind of scared the hell out of me. Yeah, they're braver than some other people. I remember seeing AJ do the uh elevation X with uh with Rhino, mm -hmm. and they took way less chances. <laughs> so credit to credit to Seth and Riddle. They really like they did the best that they could with the space that they had. I want to talk to you about something. Um when he when Riddle did that floating bro off the top, yes. Did it look like he slipped to you? Because on TV, it looked like he slipped. It looked like it looked like a well-timed fall. It looked like he didn't jump at all, but he just kind of let himself okay. fall down. So he kind of just like dropped his body and went. Yes, yes. Okay, because on TV, it looked like he was trying to get like a little bit of air, but he just slipped. It looked, and, it, it looked like he, it looked like he really, like, it looked like he was overthinking how to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just decided that the best thing to do is to make sure I land, um, back on him. Yeah. Um, and legs first when I hit the mat. So maybe in his overthinking of that, it just kind of looked like he fell because he was like already thinking about body position. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's probably what it was, but it looked great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it hit well. And I saw it in the replay and it was like, just, it was, it was the exact right place to land. It was the right yeah. way to do it. And um, it just, it looked like the perfect way to hit it. Like he couldn't have done it yeah. any better. No, he, he did land it. He did land it good. But for me, it just kind of looked like he went to go one way and his legs sent him another. Right. But he, right. St but he still landed it the right way. Like there was no gripes on how he landed it. It just looked like he- It looked like it might've been a little sketchy for a second. Yeah, it looked like his body wanted to go up, but then it looked like his legs just said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, you know what it might've been? It might've been him in the head about somebody telling him how to take it. Yeah. Like maybe he was like his, because you know, um, in any typical wrestling match, you're tempted to jump. Yeah. To do certain moves and he's, he's sneaky high flying. So- I'm sure in his head he was maybe he was thinking, don't jump, fall. You know Could what be. I'm saying? Because yeah. it's so it's so impulsive to do the jump when you come off of it. But when you're thinking about how to fall right and how to land right, the best thing yeah. to do is fall instead of jumping. So maybe mm -hmm. he was trying not to jump off. So he kind of let himself slip off. Okay. Um that, that that's a fair assessment then. But regardless, it was it was uh, an incredible match. I wasn't expecting the ending, though. I will say that. I'm I'm not surprised at the choke out, mm -hmm. but I thought maybe Seth could have. Um, I don't know. Maybe he could have hit all four walls. Because in certain matches, and you know this, once you watch, once you watch enough wrestling, you kind of sense the ending. Yeah. And I felt like it almost caught me a little off guard. Like I thought he was going to do all four corners. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if he hit him with the two power bombs and it still kept it on, I'd be like, all right, it's over. Mm -hmm. But I felt like just two walls and then the power bomb, I was like, nah, he's probably going to get out of this. And then he, 
he didn't. So I was like, oh, I was like, oh, snap. So I felt like they could have did a little more to make it seem like Seth really fought his heart out to get out of that thing. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I think the right person won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so think Seth getting two up, it was only fair that Riddle win the match in his environment with yeah. his guys, guest referee. You know what I'm saying? And I just wonder if they're going to end it here. But I don't. And I'll tell you what, though, Seth also did a blackout. So yeah. it might end here. I think it is because I, I think Seth is next up for the uh, U.S. title feud. You think he's going to beat Bobby this Monday? I don't know, but I just know he has the U.S. title feud coming up. So mm-hmm. he I, definitely I think did curb stop him on the U.S. belt. That's going to turn into something. Yeah, I think I think it's over. Mm. All right. Well, with that, um, I guess I'll go to how the night ended. Yeah. Uh, Matt yeah. R- with Matt Riddle victorious. Mm-hmm. Um, walking away, you know, hand in victory next to DC, and then um something went wrong in the tech truck and the lights went out. I don't know what that's about. Before you before we get started, oh go ahead. When Riddle was at the top of the ramp with DC. Mm-hmm. the end credits for the show came up yes and i thought this was they did a very good job yeah the, the end credits a were very up good job in making you believe that this is it this is over uh-huh the night is done right end credits are coming on the side of the bottom you know the bottom left or the bottom right you think it's over lights go out i'm thinking that was probably them wrapping up the show mm-hmm but then the lights didn't come up. And then everybody's flashlights went on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And then <laughs> the song started playing. And I was like, oh, my God. It's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing people move stuff over by the stage, but it's too dark to tell what the hell it is. I'm like, what are they doing? What is that? Um, and I didn't get all the angles. You actually got a better view of what happened because you were watching it on TV. Yeah. The only person I saw was the rabbit. But I see um, them building something over there. I don't know what it is. I hear a bunch of people pop over here to the right of me. Turn to my right, I see the rabbit in the crowd. Um, I'm hearing the song play. Um, I'm hearing a couple more pops. I'm seeing the Firefly Funhouse on the TV. Mm-hmm. All the toys are deserted, and you know the whole place is destroyed. And then the door is lighting up, and it was just it, it's it's amazing. It's like, okay. The whole thing is theatrical and very like cynical and very much like a, a um, Chucky being remade at the beginning of the movie and shit. Like it's yeah. very, it's very, it's very, it's very um, classic horror. Mm-hmm. And you know the song, the door opens up, um, the lantern. Bray with the white rabbit mask takes the mask off, blows out the lantern. The, the The signal comes up. Everybody's popping crazy. We realize Bray Wyatt is officially back. I wish we'd have seen him get in the ring. Oh, simply because of the angle that I was sitting at, I would have loved to see him in person. That's just a selfish reason. But I love the way that they did it. I love the different people in the stands. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're actually going to be faction members or if they're just, they were just there for the gimmick, you know? I th- I think they are because now everybody's talking about the cult of Wyndham slash the Wyatt Six. The cult of Wyndham. And the Wyatt, like, th- they don't know whether it's going to be cult of Wyndham or Wyatt Six. Or Wyatt Six. It's probably going to be the Wyatt Six. I would imagine it's not coming back as Wyndham, right? But, I don't I don't know, but I unless, say, unless he pulls like a Mick Foley, unless he like really does become like the the new Mick Foley and he just uses different faces. 
It could be. I mean, you Which, don't know. Honestly, yeah, honestly, that could be actually absolutely amazing. You he know? got the whole new mask and everything. Instead of turning into cactus, he turns into the fiend. Mm-hmm. That's lit. That's actually not a, a terrible idea. I like that, actually. And, and now there's rumors circling that there's talks to bring back Bo Dallas. Mm. Bo Dallas used the right way? Possibly working with his possibly working with his brother, the Wyndham boys together. It could the be. new taker and can't. I mean, we, if we can't get listen, if we can't get Brody Lee back, the that next best taker and Kane would have to be the 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 Wyndham bros. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a couple Brody tributes throughout that whole segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing, the I don't know what they're calling it, the creature with the black veil over its face. Yeah, yeah, that's um that's supposed to be um oh my god, is that the witch? Um well it was wearing Luke Harper's mask oh, underneath the veil that oh, Luke wore as the bludgeon brother. Nice. And then that blue light, that blue ominous light in the door, mm. that was his that was a part of his promo trailer when he came to AEW as Brody Lee. Oh so there were there was a couple Luke Harper, Brody Lee tributes within that whole program. Oh man, that's sick, man. That's yeah, awesome. so I love everything that they did with this. I everything. wouldn't mind. Now that you say that, I wouldn't mind the new four. I mean, they're talking about six, mm-hmm. but I mean, as far as like four people I know they could bring, I wouldn't be opposed to re-signing, um, re-signing Rowan. Mm-hmm. Bringing back Bo Dallas, um, adding Braun back, um, and them four together: Bray, Bo, uh, Rowan, and Braun as like the new four. Okay, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, you can never replace Brody Lee. Yeah. I thought he was the perfect yin to Braze Yang. I thought them two together were so dynamic that mm-hmm. you almost didn't even need Rowan because yeah. Brody was so good and he was nailing his character so well as the right hand man of yeah, the, the Bray. Thing, that the thing with the eyes was just they nobody. Were their, they were their own taker and Kane, man. Nobody can duplicate that. And you felt like you always felt like Luke had Bray's best interest at heart. Like mm-hmm. he was so down for the family, yeah. Uh, and it just, uh, uh, it's it's sad, but I wouldn't mind that being a, a new, a, a good new four. Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm okay with that. But man, Bray Wyatt is back. Do you think he's? Do you think they're addressing it Monday? I almost feel like they have to. You have to. I, right? I would think. I would think Monday, tonight, as you're hearing this. I would think this is where you address it, especially when you're going back to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You're, you just brought him back in Philly. Now you're going to Barclays in Brooklyn. Season premiere. Yes, you, you need him. <laughs> real, real quick, let's, if I can digress real quick. <laughs> Why is <laughs> It's interesting to see that Triple H is still using season premiere as a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I did notice that it's not the top of the new year. It's not after WrestleMania, but Triple H is still using the season premiere thing. Like it was a thing. It was never a thing. Like they always called something the season premiere whenever they needed something big to happen, but didn't have an event. Don't you normally have a, isn't there normally a hiatus before the season premiere? The hiatus. Like I like that. New seasons start whenever they feel like it after WrestleMania, like after Survivor Series sometimes because they just randomly have, just just any anything is the new season premiere if they need something big to happen. SummerSlam's over. This is the season premiere. Right. Like AEW can have their own like live TV pay-per-views that they just do on cable. We yeah. just have to have a season premiere. That's just what we call it every mm-hmm. time. The season premiere. Or the or the however hundredth episode of yeah. <laughs> the two hundred so the twenty one hundredth and forty second episode of Raw. They really don't reach far for no. <laughs> their their big pay-per-view names. 
um I'm still getting a kick out of that, but they have to, right? The, the new yeah. season, the new season premiere of Raw has to be Bray Wyatt. Absolutely, you you need to have Bray kick off the show at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. I definitely wouldn't mind someone like about to open the show and then it just being like them being blacked out and erased and Bray just starting his thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were gonna I, start with him, but I uh, just Bray's have. Here. Just have Miz start walking to the ring or backstage, just walk into the ring. And then the screen cuts black. Then you have Bray do his thing, cut the commercial, come back. And Miz is just like, I have no yes. idea how I got here. Yes. Yes. Like he was still about to do his promo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Bray comes back. Speaking of the Miz, I also would not be mad at Dexter Loomis joining the fray as one of the six. Mm-hmm. Dexter, because nobody's, somebody needs to capitalize on the weird factor. Maybe, okay. Because Braun is Braun. Rowan's like a poor man's Braun. <laughs> Bo's going to be whatever Bo's going to be. We don't know what that is yet. But we need a guy that's just going to be weird and staring to the camera. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be Dexter and he's an artist. Yeah. yeah. You, you could use Dexter for that. He could be a less sweaty, uh, Luke a less sweaty. Luke Harper. He was always wet for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally be upset at that, but I mean, I guess as the, as the listeners are listening to this, um, and us as fans, we just gonna have to wait until tomorrow night and figure out, where this is actually headed, what the new, what the real dynamic of the new gimmick is. But tell me this, are you happy that he's reverted character back to the cult leader? Yes. Yes. Um, I would, I would think, you know, maybe sometimes you can call on the fiend. Sometimes you could bring it out, but we just want Bray right now we didn't care how we got him in any way shape or form we just wanted bray that Mm -hmm. dude is a genius with anything he does character wise he's going to be one of he's he's going to be one of the if not the highest grossing merch seller now i think he's going to outdo the bloodlines numbers i wouldn't be surprised man see the the magic about bray and i i hope that with triple h as head of creative will really start to be able to recognize this um, for a string of months. Mm-hmm. That Bright is probably one of the best gimmicks we've had since The Undertaker. Yes. Because even though he has to, even though he had to, hopefully he doesn't have to anymore, even though he had to re- keep recreating himself to get back to the top, he was always one of the most entertaining people when he was here. Yes. As the fiend, he held so much of the spotlight, even though everything didn't go right all the time. Cult leader Bray Wyatt was always one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even the world eater Bray Wyatt. And um, when he would come out in like a butcher suit for no reason, like all the incarnations of Bray Wyatt start really well. Yes, And the only problem that gets in the way is creative and booking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now maybe with somebody else at the helm, they can find a way to really put out there how amazing this guy is as a character. Yeah. Because I feel like he does have one of the best gimmicks of uh, a generation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just a testament to, that's just a testament to his mind. He's, mm-hmm. he's one of the most creative talents that we've had in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's as, I don't think there's many people as creative wrestling wise as Bray Wyatt. Yeah, his brain's so much bigger than the business. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I think that brings us to the end. That's the whole card. Um, what do you give extreme rules um, as, a, as a letter grade? Oh, I give it an A. I, I think they hit a. I think they hit a home run with this pay per view. I don't have many things. There's not many things I have to complain about. The first match of the night, it kicked it off. It hit a home run. Second match of the night, 
was the best match of their trilogy. The third match was the wrestling period. Mm-hmm. The fourth, the fifth, and the sixth matches, they all gradually got better. Mm-hmm. Argue, argue, you can argue between the fifth match and the sixth match, between the mm-hmm. I quit match and the fight pit. You could argue between those two which match was better. But each match, I would say each match as it went on got better and better aside from that third match. Yeah, man. So yeah, I, I give it an A. I, I have no complaints about this pay-per-view whatsoever. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like A, A minus only because I don't know how strong the mace thing is gonna carry over for me. But mm-hmm. all in all, that you know, and it's nobody's fault that that Drew and Carrion ended up being the bottom of the car, but they only had a strap to work with. You yeah, know? I mean, so you're, they, you're they kinda, only had so many elements. You're kind of limited when you have one hand tied. But that being said, I mean, I felt like everybody on the car did their very best to be the best match of the night, um, given what they had. And I felt like they wrote good endings to almost every match. Mm-hmm. And they just wanted they and the atmosphere was amazing. The place was sold out and Bray came back. I mean, you really can't from top to bottom. It was really just a great show. Yeah. So for me, it's an A, maybe an A minus. I can I, I can take that. All right. Well, that's everything, guys. Uh, Duke, take us home, man. Yep. So that is the Extreme Rules 2022 review. Guys, thank you for tuning into this show. Thank you for being here. You guys know where to reach out to us. You can reach us on Spotify, Apple Music, the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. You can check us out on our website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel too. Mm-hmm. We just we just did our drawing for our 300 subscriber giveaway. So shout out to Sharon Pops and Plants for winning that. Um, and yeah, guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys stay up. Make sure you guys stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. Saskatchewan!